Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Guys, welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience, brought to you by Onyx Hunt. We are here today in a very special place with very special people. Special. You can say something. No, I'm just letting <laughs> you talk. Like, you say something. Keep talking about me. You know, yeah. I'm special. That's that's a good start. Scrap what else about so I don't me? have to later. What what else did you notice about me, guys? We are in the <laughs> Nowheresville of Alaska. Clear up. Uh, what river is it called? I have a shack. I have a shack river, sixty-two miles, and we've got Casey and Gage and Hudson. Our first time on a podcast. My daughter. Hello. So we got both of our kids up here. We're doing a caribou hunt. And today was a little bit of a special day, I believe. What happened, Gage? Can you just kind of give me a play-by-play what happened? Well, all of a sudden, Trevor and... Wow. You're doing good, buddy. You're doing good. Great start. Yeah. Trevor, my brother, got a lot of sleep. (laughs) Trevor was here. He said the other Fisher brother. All right. So we were all sleeping. And all of a sudden, Trent and my dad started yelling at us. So I got up and I was looking around and my dad had the camera out and Trent was looking through the binos, looking out this window right here. And uh, I got up and he was like, look right out there. And I was like, started looking and they were all laughing. And I was like, you guys are horrible people because I thought they're just like messing with us. <laughs> Is that why you didn't move? <laughs> Makes more sense now. Makes more sense now. No. All right. And what we had spotted was caribou. Obviously. Yeah, we have couple caribou out there so let's back it up we are in alaska obviously A-K. let's let's back it up a little bit as far as we'll get to the good stuff we're gonna we're gonna get to the meat and potatoes here in a second but um guys what have you anticipated for this trip i want you guys to like talk like you're talking to other kids right now and talk as far as like what would you say to them um if they had an opportunity to do something like this do it yeah don't second do guess yourself yeah I did a lot of that, and then I just kind of freaked myself out. But if you have the opportunity to do something like this, just do it. So were you a little nervous, like, coming in? Because oh, this, yeah. is, this is Hudson's first nervous. big game hunt. So she's never hunted, had a tag in her pocket, and hunted deer, elk, anything. So her first very, very first big game hunt is in Alaska. Walk us through that. Like, what were you most nervous about? What were you a little scared of? I was super nervous of just the whole thing, because I've never... Like, I've grown up with dad hunting and, like, everyone in my family hunting, but I never have. So, I was, like, really nervous to do it myself, I guess. What made you want to do it? I think, for me, it was the guns that scared me so bad. I don't know why. Just the kick and the loud noises. But after we kind of got the... Suppressor? Yeah, the suppressor. I was like, this is not bad at all. And then you kind of fell in love with it. And I'm just, I'm yeah. in love with it now. Yeah. Totally. So you you did a lot of shooting before you, we came up here, right? Yeah. I practice a lot. Like, yeah. a lot, a lot. A lot. That's we cool. um, definitely made it a point to yeah. get out there and put some time behind the gun. I thought that was super important just for the simple fact of just, like, respecting the animal, you know, and not just going to just be like, hey, we're hunting, we're shooting things. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, I want to... Uh, I know we've ran into a lot of people that's like, well, how, how much does that bipod weigh? And my my answer to people all the time is like, 
it doesn't matter as long as it makes you a better shot if you're more comfortable with it and i mean we had a shooting bag we had a bipod we had i mean everything today and we've been packing around the tundra and uh, i think you know making making them feel comfortable i guess you know yeah. i would say that's the biggest part is just feeling comfortable behind the gun is huge because as you guys experienced today engage might know this a little because he's hunted a few times before but when you like going and shooting at the range at home is very different than being out on the tundra for example yeah and there's yeah. live animals and especially caribou they're always moving they're not stopping so the more comfortable you can feel if that's a heavier gun or whatever it might be goes a long ways when it, yeah. like moment of truth comes down to it because a lot of times you get one chance you know yeah. like a lot of times it's not like it's going to be like oh we can have a do-over it doesn't that's not the way it usually works you know so and that was a big thing it's like Okay, we got one chance. Let's make this happen. And both the kids just flawless victory. Did well. I was super, super stoked. So let's go back a little bit. So let's start from the beginning. We left. If you guys, I don't. I didn't realize this until I just counted on my fingers. But this is day six of the trip. Yeah, I was wondering that. Because we left. Our first flights were the 13th. Mm-hmm. So we traveled. We all met up in, in uh, Anchorage on the 13th. And then we got to Prudhoe Bay on the 14th, and then we got ran up the river 62 miles on the 15th. So it's actually only the fourth day we've been in the in the tun on the tundra hunting. Yeah. But this is six days deep into the trip. Whew. Does it feel like forever? No, it feels like just yesterday we got here. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, yeah, that's flying. the worst part of these trips is beforehand I always look at it like, okay, there's gonna be some days of travel on the front end, on the back end. But then once we're hunting, we're gonna have like seven and a half days to hunt. That's so much time. But then we get here and they just, days just start getting clicked off real fast. And so this is day number four, whereas we still have, we're, I would say, assume halfway through the actual hunting. I would hunting. say we're right there, yeah, yeah, about the halfway through, halfway mark of hunting. Dude, especially in Alaska, like the days go by so much faster because it doesn't like actually like get dark. It just like kind of stays the same. I've noticed that, yeah. Do you feel like it goes by oh, it way feels faster? Like it's so really? fast, yeah. It just, cause it just feels like. Really? Well, time yeah. flies when you're hanging out with a couple fun guys like ourselves, yeah. you know? know yeah, we're, no, we're the real deal. <laughs> when you make no, we are. Fun. Yeah, just ask um, some of our family. <laughs> 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 oh man. But, so got through the flight. Was that nerve wracking? Mm, you actually, love the flying. I love flying so oh, much. Boy. Oh boy. That was, the least nervous part of it all. The flying part? Yeah, I get to go in the air. That was your first time in an, on an airplane? Yeah. Wow, so we're checking a lot, a lot of boxes then. I've had a lot of first time things on this trip and I'm very grateful for it. I've had a lot of first time things on this trip, yeah. like the airboat, all that stuff. Yeah. I never hunted Alaska before. Yeah. Been up here a couple few times, but I've never hunted it. So I, yeah, there was first time things for us too. And you and Gage are over here like, <laughs> Well, I'll say this, like, I want to talk about a little bit of the reason why we're all here is I've been very blessed. This is my third time coming and doing this exact trip. Yeah. Not the exact same camp spot or anything like that, but third time being ran up one of these rivers by our good buddies at Dead Horse Outfitters. But uh, I was sitting there and because Alaska is very different in a sense that if the game isn't here, if the caribou aren't here, you're not just like packing the truck up, packing camp up and going to the next spot. Mm-mm. You really are just, you get dropped off and you're there for eight days basically. And if you're hoping the caribou are there, but if not, it can kind of get be a little frustrating or discouraging, I would, would just say it that way. 
But so you have to enjoy all the things that Alaska has to offer. So you have to enjoy the fishing. You have to enjoy the beautiful scenery, picking the berries, hopefully finding ptarmigan or wolves, seeing grizzly bears. And so I was laying in my tent last year and we were just getting done with this trip. We were getting out the next day. And I remember thinking like, who would it like, who could I bring up here next year that would really thoroughly enjoy this as much as I do? And you, you're the first person I thought, I thought, man, it'd be cool if me and Trent could bring two of our kids up here and just kind of show them what Alaska has to offer. So awesome. So yeah. awesome. I we're so much appreciate that too. So much. Because this has been like a like a dream, you know, for anybody. I think it's a dream for anybody, yep. you know, to come up here in the wilds and and go about it the way we have. It's been, dude, it's been unreal. I would say Alaska, for a Western big game hunter, I think Alaska is kind of like the pinnacle of, of all of it. It is. Yeah. It is. But the, you touched on it a little bit earlier. I think a lot of it is like when you get there, you expect fish to be jumping in your boat. And you yeah. expect there to be 400 caribou passing by your tent and you can choose which one you want. It's not. It's like, it's still like we've seen musk ox. We've seen two grizzly bears. We've, uh, and we hadn't seen guys before today. We had not seen a caribou, not one. And so it's like, uh, are we going to actually see caribou or get, you know, our opportunity? But you have to go back to the basics of hunting. Whereas, like, guys, I, if an opportunity presents itself, we've got to capitalize on it. Got to be and ready. That's what we did this morning. But it just, man, it's still not a gimme. Nothing's a gimme. You know? the thing, that's There's the thing, nothing. man. You always think about different hunts and different places you can go hunting. And I think that's kind of the perception of Alaska as you go, because it's so wild and you have opportunity to kill like a caribou or a sheep or a goat that, you know, you might not have those opportunities back at home. But I think the perception is there's just game running everywhere. Yeah. And the fish, like you said, are just every river's full of fish. And, you know, it can be that way in certain places, but from my experiences up here is like, you definitely, it's hunting. It's, you know, every, and I've always said this, like every hunt has its own challenges and Alaska is no different. Obviously the logistics are hard. The weather's not great most of the time. And, you know, we're fortunate to be dropped off at this cabin, which has been phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. We're in a cabin guys. We'll, we'll get to that. But I think what you were saying case is important. Like from what we've heard from other people that were up here, like those times happen. Like, it's like a 10-day window or a month window or whatever. Like, there will be fish jumping in your boat. Yeah. And there will be, you know, certain times of the year. That is that is so true. And caribou will be coming right by your tent certain times of the year. You know, right now, I think we're early, you think? I'd a little bit early, rut. yeah. And so, or in the migration, not the rut. They When did they rut? They rut in October. Oh, okay. So, so they're, getting, right getting now, from like 1st of August through September, the, the migration can happen at some time. Gotcha. But, you know, again, like going back, we were talking about the other day of watching like National Geographic of like caribou migrating. You just see from an airplane thousands of caribou yeah. all like on this one path headed to this one specific area. Whereas in up here, you might see that for a day or two somewhere along these corridors. Yeah. But for the most part, you're going to see groups of like two and three, maybe four or five coming through and see maybe two or three of those groups a day. Or you just have days that you see nothing like we did the first two and a half days yeah. up here. Yeah. No, it was it was pretty and we glass until our eyeballs bled, it seemed like. Yeah. <laughs> the people we've ran into, they're like, You're gonna see them, don't worry about it. Where it's <laughs> like trying to pick out a ptarmigan on a <laughs> which we haven't seen yet. Well, kind of today. After we shot, I guess ptarmigan flew everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Of course, yeah, everywhere. 
Oh, man. No, it, it has been such a blast as far as just the, you know, we talk about highs and lows all the time, I think, in every single hunt, you know, the highs and lows. And it's not that it's been a low at all. It's just when you get to a place and anticipate something and it's in your head of something and then it doesn't come to fruition, it's like, okay, wait a second. Am I all wrong here? Am I? Yeah. Is, what do we do? What, what's going on? You know what I mean? It's tough. I think it's if super tough. we would have made it through the day today without seeing a caribou, I think I would have started getting a little, not concerned, but just like, all right, is this not going to happen this year? Yeah. Because in years past, man, like we have never seen hundreds of caribou. We've seen just what we saw today, a group of bulls coming through. A lot of times you see cows and calves. But, you know, the first two days we kept saying that was our motto. Like, it's only day one. It's only day two. And, uh... It, I think those two days of slow times, just like elk hunting or deer hunting, like it's tough. You're working hard. And then so when you finally find some success, it really makes those peaks even a little higher. Yeah. No, yeah. you're exactly right. You're exactly right. You got to go through the bad times to get to the good ones, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Gage has been saying that since day one. Yep. Since day one. Oh, man. So let's talk about today, guys. <laughs> I wish I could, re I could relive it since we're filming this for the Hush channel, but... I was laying, say this was my cot, okay? Just laying there sleeping. And here's a great thing about Alaska is, what was the motto Jacob told us? No one gets too, don't get too excited don't about Don't get too excited, guys. Yeah. Easy, easy. It's not like this scene where you come in just like guns ablaze and everything takes time for whatever reason. Like the logistics take time. To get ran up the river takes time. Like everything just takes time. That's why everyone comes up here for 8 to 10 to 15 days. But this morning, so we don't, we're not waking up at the butt crack of dawn because it really only gets dark for two hours a night. Yeah. From yeah. about one till about three is what we've seen. It's crazy. So we've been rolling out of, out of bed around 7.38. Well, majority of us have to, in true Trent fashion. He gets up at five every morning. He gets up at the butt crack of dawn. The funniest thing happened on this trip so far is well, I've, hunt, I've been blessed to hunt with Trent and the Born and Raised crew probably half a dozen times and we all make jokes about it that i don't care what we're doing it's typically elk hunting we'll you know say it gets light around six trent will be up at four o'clock making sure everyone else is up at four o'clock and he's usually talk not yelling but talking very loudly i don't, I don't <laughs> and then you get up and you get ready and then you sit there until it's light and it's like why did we just wake up at six o'clock that's not, we're at four o'clock when we can't even hunt till six. It's not all true, but some of that's true. The first morning we were here, Hudson, we were all laying in our cots, and Trent was up getting everyone ready at like seven thirty-eight. She's like, "Dad, why are you awake and why are you yelling at us right now?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and then like, Casey lost it. Perfect description of Trent. Casey in lost the mornings. It. I don't understand why you were up and yelling at us though. Because does he do this to you at home? Oh, sis. Not that, that being often. said, that being said, this morning probably wouldn't have went the way it did. We are very fortunate. <laughs> Trent okay, has I that. completely understand that, but I don't think we would have saw them just in the middle of the camp we were staying at. Yes. I could see Trent like waking oh. you up. Like, what time do you have to be at school? Like eight? He does not wake me up. For no, school. I can nope. see him just they waking up at like six o'clock. Like, get up, get ready, get your school clothes on. <laughs> they have their own responsibilities. Anyway, they, so they this that. is how it went this morning yeah. for you people that are watching this. I'm laying my cot, pretty comfortable. I heard Trent get up a few times. He had to urinate, do some things, and then I get to see this. He's in his underwear, has binos in his hand. And he's tapping me on the shoulder. <laughs> and so I'm looking up at him like this. And he's like, big caribou, right outside the cabin. You got to go. <laughs> I was like, 
What? Process, trying to process a lot of things coming at me right there. <laughs> but I can see in your eyes that you're being serious. And I'm not known, Trent, to like play pranks on people. I'm not a prankster. Do that kind of stuff. Like As soon as I could see and comprehend what was somewhat going on, I was like, oh, whoa. You flew out of that bed pretty there's fast. There's caribou right outside the cabin. Yeah, you came to life. Yeah. yeah. So you got up, peed, and then... Yeah, so I got up. I got up before that once and looked around. It was just daylight. I think that was like 345. And then, anyway... Didn't see nothing, and because it's crazy, it's light here. Yeah. And so then went back to bed, and then I don't know what time I got up. I don't remember what time it was, but then peed outside, and then threw the glasses up. I mean, they, the glasses fell right on the thing, and it was just like so. You just I'm came in here and looked out this window, out that window right there, and I'm like, is this even real? Or how tired am I? How is this real? <laughs> so you picked them up and immediately sucked. And it was bull. That that was it was sis's bull. The I big think bull. It was. Yeah, it was just like what. <laughs> Because <laughs> I haven't seen one yet. Well, that's funny because we were just talking about last night when we were glassing all day. It's like, what? when is that aha moment going to happen exactly. when we finally put up the binos and we're just like, aha, there they are, there finally. <laughs> and it happened. It happened. Yeah. So anyway, no, it was, but that was the great debate though. It's like, I don't know these animals. Casey knows them way better than I do, but I'm like, is it even worth, like they're moving. They were walking pretty they were like, on, on a, a march. steady march. And it's like, there's no way we're going to get all ready to go get up, get rain gear. Because it's pouring down rain. you got to remember this morning it was just been pouring. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, is it even worth getting up and doing? I don't know. And so we started filming them out the window, of course, because we didn't want to get wet. I was in my underwear. <laughs> they were, we were both in our underwear. We were doing underwear things. Yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> just two dudes in their underwear in the cabin. Two um, grown men. <laughs> two grown men. Um, so anyway, it, it was, yeah, it was like. But when we stopped, so they went another probably 300 yards, and then we saw them just feeding over on the other side and we're like, of the river. And we're like, okay, we got to try. We got to try. Yeah, like Trent was saying is, you know, you're going to see caribou hopefully at some time. You just have to be ready and take the opportunity that's given to you. And when I saw them marching, I told Trent, I go, because what they tell you up here, what Ernie will say is you can't chase caribou. Once they're moving, like if you're behind them, like they're leaving. But when we saw them and they were moving, I was like, you know, you never know exactly where they're going. Like, supposedly they're coming from the coast to the Brooks Ranch like this. Yeah. But that's then what's it, got it's me. never a straight, like, path. Like, what I've seen in the past, like, caribou will be moving, then all of a sudden they'll go over on that hill. And it's like, I thought you were going that way. Yeah, okay. But they'll come and hang out. So I told Triangle, well, we're not out of the woods. Like, they literally could be, like, behind camp today. And they might just be feeding in here, resting, and then move on from there. So, because it was early, it was raining, and kids weren't up, and we're like, there's no way we're going to catch them. And then they, we kept watching them a little longer, and then they stopped, and they were just feeding right next to the river. I'm like, dude, we got to try it. Go time. And these kids, man, I was surprised. Yeah, they came to life. I think they wanted to see a caribou, too. Yeah. They both got up, and they got behind the binos, and they both saw the bulls, and I think that... That helped, didn't it? Yep. Did that help a little bit? Oh, yeah, I was ready. Rock and roll ready. Yeah, we got... When... We, I always think about this, like looking back, like the thoughts I was having, like right when we left the cabin. So yeah. let's talk about that. Like when we left the cabin, what did, were you thinking was going to happen? The adrenaline is already high. I thought we were just going to go to where we were glassing the other day, like right over where they were. And we're just going to shoot across the river and get them. You know, yeah. Shoot, like hit them, you know. Is that what you thought? Yeah. I yeah. was going to. That's You're, what I thought. But yeah. you guys were pretty confident we are going to go and oh, get yeah. on and shoot them? Yeah. yeah. Definitely not how it went. <laughs> yeah. So they were on the other side of the river. But when I left, when we left camp, I was trying to run the camera and everything. But I remember thinking, like, we're going to kill two caribou today. 
Yeah, that's what literally you said. You. Uh, I thought we were too. To. I mean, that's. Yeah. Uh, but one, I don't. I didn't. Once we couldn't see him again, then my heart was like. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They, when like, they move, they move pretty quick. They go. To their fast. They go. But I thought in my head, I thought this is the perfect opportunity where they're so close to the river. And they're moving in a direction that we can kind because of, they say not to chase them, but you can get in front of them. So if you see a herd, like always try to set up obviously in their path, but where they were going, I was like, I think we can like cut them off. But if they would have kept going the way that they were going, when we, we first never, saw them, we'd have never, never got them. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, like they love the rivers. They always cross the rivers. It's crazy. And so, you know, they were on that far side, you know, it was on some the opposite point, side. they were going to have to hit the river and cross it or do whatever they were going to do. So we got, we made a plan, like we've been hiking out this way where they were headed the last couple of days. And so we kind of know the terrain, some absolutely perfect little bluffs that you could sit up above the river quite a ways and see it perfectly and see up the river, you know, a quarter mile. So I thought like Gage said, we would got to that first bluff that we were planning on and they were going to be right there. Right. Yeah. And we got there. I looked at him like right before, remember? Right yeah, before we were literally we looked were, at him and, see him and I was like, let's just get behind this hill. that was like 200 yards away and they'll be right there. And then, disappeared. And, and then we got there and they were gone. Gone. It was weird. And I kind of sat down and started just trying to pick the brush apart. Like maybe they bedded down. Trent's like, remember that one little cutout that's back behind there that they might be in they there? They could have been buried in there maybe, but right off the bat, then you saw them on the other side. It's like, dude, dude they moved that. some ground. Oh, yeah. Imagine how cool it would have been to see him swim that river, though. That would have been cool. pretty cool. That would have been cool. Yeah, so we, we couldn't find him, and then I just happened to glance up on our side, and they were out, like, probably 1,500 yards on our side of the river now, and they were kind of, like we thought, they were kind of working back towards us. Like, they had made this loop, and they were, just felt comfortable enough to, like, start feeding again. And then, uh, yeah, then we That thing got real. Serious. Yeah. Then it got real because it was like, this is actually going to happen at that point. Yeah. And they come crap out, you know, just in front of us. And anyway, we were not using, I mean, we were using a little topography of these little humps and stuff, but they didn't even put their head up. I don't no. think, did they? Yeah. From what I can have like seen and I've heard a lot of people talk about is they're just curious enough animals that they kind of remind me if you guys have ever hunted antelope. Antelope's kind of similar. Gotcha. Like a lot of times they'll see movement and they'll kind of like, come closer to see what it is because they're a herd animal right and that's what they're doing they're migrating to the brooks range to go and rut so they all are going to meet up on the brooks range so when they see other animals or think they see other animals they're just curious enough that they might come a little closer and what i've heard people say is they don't really get too skittish even if they see you until you're like 200 yards oh really sub 200 yards we were further than that yeah we were further than that. These kids made some awesome shots but at 450. 450. But we made we had to make up some ground for sure. They were, like I said, about 1,500 yards yeah. out. And we just started slowly working towards them. And uh, it was the struggles with Alaska, we can talk about this if you've never been here, is you get here and it's like where we're at. We're on the North Slope. It's super flat. So flat. Some small hills, rolling hills. Yes. But there's just – it's weird because there's no, like – trees or rocks or it's just bare and flat yeah and so it's got little humps and bumps but there's nothing really bushes. like topography wise that you can really judge off of yeah and that's the thing is like i think your eyesight like plays tricks on you because you see them you're like oh they're right there yeah. then you put up a rangefinder and it's like still 1200 yards could be yeah. yeah yeah and with the weather we're having it's we've always struggled up here in alaska to get the rangefinders to work they work, but it's just hard because there's like even if you can't hit the animal, you can always hit like a tree by them. Like when you're elk hunting, right? Or deer hunting, you can hit a rock by them. You're like out here, there's nothing to range on. You have to hit the animal, and a lot of times I think you miss the animal. Hit like 
And if you're just shooting right behind him, it could give you a difference of 100 yards or so. Easily. Yeah. It's difficult. So Super difficult. definitely one of the big issues up here with the last. You've got to have somebody on a rangefinder, and they've got to be pretty well-versed in a rangefinder. Yeah. Yeah. And with the weather we had, it was raining, it was fogging like foggy it's tough it's yeah. super tough especially with having kids not hunted a lot you know what i mean like we're oh, trying yeah. to do it for them and we're videoing the whole thing trying yeah which which you guys trying. watch it it's pretty <laughs> oh, yeah. awesome it's pretty awesome but yeah when you're doing all those things at once it's pretty it's difficult it, it really is and it's there's difficult. a lot going on especially for new hunters man like me and trent have been around the block a few times but it, there's a lot going on for us too but you're trying to put their needs in front of everything else because you know that's what they need at the moment and sometimes it's hard to get wrapped not to get wrapped up in the moment oh yeah you know? i think there was one time that you like yeah i had just to have a stern like, talking like, with us hey about guys, i didn't have stern talking <laughs> let's calm down okay. we're gonna be fine let's, everything's gonna be just that's fine. what needed to happen at that moment though yeah. we were all getting a little excited so yeah. you know if it doesn't happen guys that was like it doesn't happen. We yeah. saw caribou bulls. We're close, and this is the next step in, like, you know, yep. our hunt. You know what I mean? And so it just made something for it. But. And it really worked out good a lot of times, too. Another hard thing out here on the tundra is you never really have, like, an elevation, like, advan advantage to, like, lay down on and get a yeah. prone position. A lot of yeah. times you're shooting off, you know, like, we have the, the death grip bipod thing that you can get above the tundra and get some sort of rest you have a, a system you have same kind of thing yeah it's just one of those things where that's why i liked yesterday off those bluffs looking kind of it was like kind of looking down a little bit but it was like you had the upper hand a little bit yeah, yeah. and that's if you can find a spot like yeah. that you can shoot off they're like perfect but where these caribou were headed we weren't going to have that advantage of up on the bluff yeah but we worked in close enough and we start they were the first time i ranged it told me 425 but there was a perfect little knob that we got the kids both laid down on right prone on. on the backs, on their bipods. And it was just like somebody was helping us out there. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. No, it was a higher being was uh, had a part in the whole thing because it could have fell apart in a, really? fast, in a hurry. Um, let's talk about goals, guys. Let's talk about these. You know, when you come to Alaska, I, I think Gager did, too. I know Hudson did. Like, what was some of the things that you wanted to do that check off some lists? Yeah. When you think about, like, Alaska, you think about, like, grizzly bears, like, lots of animals, yep. you know. I just wanted to see a couple grizzly bears. I know in the years past, my dad's found, like, some caribou sheds. I wanted to find a couple of those, but, like, mostly I wanted to see a lot of caribou. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've cracked. Okay, maybe not a lot of caribou. We've checked the grizzly bear off. Did we checked all three we of them? We found that little shed today. Did Basically, you see that? Yeah, yeah, we did all three of the, the yeah. beer goals today. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I think we'll see a lot more caribou, hopefully, but also we saw two wolf. grizzlies. A wolf. Yeah. Mm. We've seen two grizzlies, saw a group of seven bull caribou. That's pretty cool. And you guys found a little shed. And muskox. And muskox. And muskox. So that's what your been your goals. My biggest one is I really wanted to swim out here. And I did. Which I swam in the river. I it's a, swam in the river. <laughs> just to kind of paint that nuts. picture, it's like a Arctic. Yeah. Well, it's glacier, right? It's all glacier fed. Yeah. It's all glacier fed, and so and she I, got the swimming suit on yesterday. And I went in. You did. Then you swam around, and and, and yeah, then I got out. Just to explain, I'm sure you guys know how cold this water could be, but like I go down to do the dishes after dinner, and. I my hands are almost frozen by the time I get the four <laughs> plates and the pan scrubbed out. Like it's cold, freezing. Yeah, and we were cold. fishing yesterday, and she keeps talking about swimming. I'm like Hudson, like 
that's a dumb idea. <laughs> it's not a good idea. I knew she was going to do it no matter what because right. everywhere she goes. And I like, looked back yesterday and there she is in a swimsuit up to her chest in water and then all of a sudden she goes under the water and I look at the cage and I'm like, she's freaking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere yeah. I can, I swim. It's my biggest thing. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah. That's so. pretty cool. What's your other goals? I wanted to shoot a caribou, obviously. Goal number two, accomplished. And I wanted to catch a fish, but I'm not the best fishery yet. Yeah, we could work on that. You are a fisher, though. I am a fisher, but I'm not very good at fishing. We could work on that. But it hasn't been like an abundance of fish. We've honestly fished, I would say, more than I've ever fished on this caribou hunt in years past. And we've caught three, four, we've caught five fish. Yeah. We caught those three at the boat dock, and then you caught one up here. caught one in the morning. So what I'm hoping though, guys, is like the char run. That we're told the char run's coming. What I'm what I'm hoping is this rain bumps them pretty hard. They, they yeah. get some water in the river. Yeah. And talking to our newfound friend on the gravel bar, um, he said that this water will drop like he goes, it'll drop right back down in six hours. Oh really? That's what he said. I don't know. If it stops raining, it'll it drop. Definitely. I noticed the color of the water has changed a lot since the storms came. Yeah. In. Definitely. Definitely. So I don't know. It could be a thing. It could, is it kind of like steelhead though? Like when you that they'll just stage up in the sea and wait and wait and wait, and then finally when you get a push of water, then they'll come up. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah, because the char are sitting out in the ocean, but they're it, supposed to be running up this river. Because there's some super shallow spots coming up this thing. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, and they know that. And with this water that got bumped up, maybe they're gonna come. I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I'd say we have four days to check that off the the list yeah, for you. I, We're gonna I get you that, one. I need that checked off my list. We're gonna get you one. I'll tell you this: we what we uh, what my goal. Let's talk. Uh, if you, you want to, yeah, I want to hear your goals. goal. My goal is to bring these kids up here and just give them the opportunity to experience Alaska for what it is. Mm-hmm. All those things these guys just talked about, you know, seeing the grizzly bears, seeing seeing the migration, catching some fish. Like, that's what I always, like, strive to do when I take kids out in the woods is just allow them to experience it. Because that's the only way kids are going to figure out if they love the woods or not. Like, some kids won't. Like, you've given them, you've okay. given them the opportunity yeah. to fall in love with it, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. But that's all you can do as a parent is give yeah. them the, the opportunity to have enough good experiences and positive experiences in the woods that hopefully they they be, like become in love with it. It's a little pass it on thing, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and they can take it where they want. At least they have the opportunity, right, to, to do whatever they want to with the experience that they've had. Um, I, I think that's totally 100% correct. And that's the same thing was my goal, like, texting Kendra, uh, my wife, just a little bit ago, right after we had the whole uh, experience of the caribou and packing them out and everything. And she's like, so now are you are you jacked, you know, to get one? And I said, I'm I'm pretty fulfilled. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. I'm pretty, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to pass it up. By yeah, any means. caribou so like, meat is, I think, top three favorite meats in my household yeah and you've got to have some down at the boat ramp like, so good so good very tender like if we have the opportunity to, to put some more of that in the freezer like by all means we're gonna doing it but now like hmm. you know as a parent or you know taking anybody out hunting there's just a lot of like weight off our shoulders that you know we found we found some success pretty early yeah the other thing i really want to do and i think we can accomplish this hopefully is i want to have the ultimate alaskan feast one night yeah. And that's going to involve... King some, crab. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I was saying the ultimate. The ultimate Alaska. The ultimate. Okay. The ultimate uh, <laughs> I have a shack river gourmet mill. Okay. That's going to be caribou. Okay. It's going to be arctic char or grayling. Okay. Both. And ptarmigan. Ptarmigan. 
all three of those meats and, and our, some berries and some berries and we can, some blueberries we can do some berry drinks or something yeah the kids picked a bunch of blueberries the other day and we put them in our pancakes and they were pretty pretty how delicious. were those pancakes by the way those are pretty amazing phenomenal that's so, a great thing about alaska which i think is so cool i nerd out about it i wish i knew more but like there's not one unedible berry out here that's what they told us. There's salmon berries, which if you've never seen a salmon berry, they look like a clump of salmon eggs you would buy to go trout fishing. They're orange, but they taste like tangerines. Mm-hmm. There's blueberries. There's um, cranberries. Is there cran? Were those cranberries? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah okay. the red ones. Like, there huckleberries too? And then there's huckleberries. And I'm sure there's other berries. Yeah. And there's a plethora of mushrooms, which I love mushrooms, but I just don't know enough about them to... Yeah. Uh, Let's pump some brakes to, to, to try eating them. But I think it's pretty awesome Perch. to be able Perch. to go out. Like the first day me and Gage made a big hike and then we get tired and just sit down and like whatever berries were by me, I was just feeding my belly with them. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's cool. Like to so be able to cool. come up and just live off the land and be able to get some meat, some fish, some berries, like whatever it is. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're doing that. that. So that's the other thing that they told us at the when we took off, but that Dead Horse told us is they said, um, when you see ptarmigan and you jump them, let them go. And they'll yeah. be back at that same spot. So if we can remember where we shot from. I got a pin on my Onyx, bud. That's what I'm saying. Maybe? Yeah. So we haven't seen a ptarmigan one. Not yet. And in years past, we've always seen them. So this year I'm like, let's take shotguns up there and actually kill some of these things. Um, and so we've been packed, Gage packed a shotgun around all the first day. Trooper, trooper. First two days. Two days. And uh, haven't seen a ptarmigan one. And then today we were reviewing the shots when these guys shot the caribou. And after, I think Gage shot it the second time, flock of like 20 ptarmigan yeah. fly through frame I didn't remember camera. that. I didn't remember when it happened, but watching yeah, the video, I was that. like, oh, there they are. And those were definitely <laughs> them? 100% car- oh, ptarmigan. Yeah. Were they? Yeah. I love that. That gives us hope. Oh, yeah. They're there. That's pretty cool. So here's the other thing that we're talking, because um, Casey and I have wolf tags. So the carcasses are out there, obviously, in the same spot after we've got done taking all the meat off of them, packing it out. I don't know. Maybe is what we're talking about, going it's, back it's and checking. It's definitely worth a, a trip over there once a day to check them. Is it? Yeah. I think so. Okay. I mean, I'm the on. amount of wolf tracks that we've seen on the bank. Tons. Man, they're big. And so our, our, we ended up camping next to a guy it was actually super interesting. His name's Welcome. Um, super great guy. He's from Wisconsin, but he's been coming up here for years and doing these solo trips. And, dude, he has some pretty rad stories. But uh, where was I going with Welcome? I don't know, but it was awesome. He had, <laughs> oh, packing out our meat, maybe. No. No, but he's welcome anytime. What was I saying? Anyway. Oh, he saw a wolf. Oh, yeah, a pup. A pup, pup. yeah. So the first day we were up here three days ago, he was up fishing. He has a little boat that uh, has a motor, so he runs up and down the river. But he was up there fishing, and he saw a wolf pup. I don't know what a wolf pup, like a younger wolf, came out, and I was like, it'd be hard for me not to shoot a wolf of any age. Well, he was fishing, too, and he didn't have any binos. And I'm like, how did you know it was a pup? Uh, He said it was about 400 yards, and I'm thinking... You've got better eyesight than I do at 400 yards to see a wolf pup and describe that it's a pup. I'd already had shots in yeah. the air. <laughs> already Let's fly. Let's fly. Let's fly. But yeah, we have wolf tags, and it would it would be pretty pretty radical if one of us could harvest a wolf. It'd be awesome there. just to see one. Uh, I mean, I just I just picture see one bounding across the because we've seen a lot of their tracks on the gravel bars. Yeah, it I think they like use it to travel. Yeah, and but we just haven't seen one yet. But it'll happen. Yeah, trips are really still. Yeah, it's still early in the day, guys. What's your uh, what's your goals from here on out? 
Catch a fish. Catch a fish. All right. You're going to catch a fish. Shoot a ptarmigan. Shoot a ptarmigan. I think that's both are obtainable, I think. I think we're going to do those probably by this afternoon. It could happen if it stops pouring down rain. Um, and That's another thing that's kind of a catch-22 up here in Alaska, especially on this hunt, is you don't you want to plan your trip that you don't miss the, the migration, but you don't want to be, get here when the weather's super warm. Mm. And I think we're just starting to experience the weather that really pushed these caribou through. And that's like freezing rain is really what you want to get them off the coast. They said they like those cold temperatures. Cold temperatures. I think weather, any kind of weather helps them. You know, because ptarmigan don't like warm weather at all. They don't do well in it. Caribou. Caribou. Yeah. 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 And uh, what did I say? Ptarmigan? Ptarmigan. Yeah. They don't, I don't know what they don't either. I remember no we were like, maybe the ptarmigan will come with the caribou. Bingo. They're they're migrating too. Jackpot. Anyway, so it's, it's hot, tough because it's hard to run cameras in the rain. But you're really wanting the rain to help the movement of the animal. So it's that catch twenty two. Yeah. yeah. So if we get like a day and a half of this solid rain and then it just lets up a little bit. I want to check my device and see what tomorrow's supposed to bring. Originally we're supposed to get rain for the next four days. So well cool guys. Are you good with it? Yeah. I think this was good. I think it's great. Talking to the kids, I think it's just been so much fun. Everybody getting together and um, doing this giant adventure. We're halfway through it. It doesn't even seem real because it's been. It seems like it took forever for it to get here. Yeah, yeah. it did. You know, and which it didn't, but it was just like, right. okay, when is it? When are we going to do this? When That's the worst do? part yeah. of these trips, is, man. You just sit up and just a lot of build up into them. You're, you know, planning and tripping on the phone back and forth, talking about meals, talking about equipment to bring, like how we want to shoot this, all this stuff. And it's a build up, build up, build up, and it's finally here, and you don't want to like miss any of it, but it just goes by so fast before yeah. you know it, we're going to be on that boat headed back down river. So you really got to enjoy every, every moment. I think that's the way it is with life, you know, yeah. as far as just not just with hunts, just with your kids. Like Casey and I were talking yesterday as we were sitting there, and we're just like, dude, our kids are growing up so fast, and it's like they're going to be gone before we know it. And What's that going to feel like? What's that going to be like? And we're, we're, we're you're, you have a daughter that's 18. Yep. And I'm sitting on, you know, Wyatt's 17 and Sis is 14. It's, it's going to be gone here shortly. So soak up those moments as much as you can. That's what I would say. Like, I love your guys' advice about to the kids. Like, if you ever have an opportunity to do something like this, and it doesn't even have to be crazy to Alaska, but an opportunity to go maybe get outside your comfort zone a little bit and experience something. Yeah. I think that's so very valid. And especially as a parent, that's what, how I look at it is, is like any chance I have an opportunity to take my kids to experience something like this because like Trent's saying, dude, you only have such a short period of time in your life before before you know it, your kids are moved on, they have their own families, their own kids. So like, you know, my advice to you, and I've said this in the past, if there's anything you've ever wanted to do, especially with your kids, figure out a way to make it happen now because mm-hmm. kids aren't getting younger, you're not getting younger, you gotta do it now. Strike while the iron is hot. Or else you're going to miss those opportunities. And that, to me, that's what life is. It's just a bunch of really cool memories that I can mm. look back on and, and and things I've been able to do with the people I love the most. That's yeah. awesome. We're going to do another one of these. We're yeah. going to do we're, we're only halfway. We're only halfway. Yeah. So we've got a lot more cool stuff to do and a lot more to experience of this great state of Alaska. So um, thank you guys for listening to this one. And uh, guys, we will see you on the next one for episode two of the Alaska experience with our with our children. We're